Hi, I'm Chantra Paul, and I'm the Proven Not Perfect podcast host and a best-selling author on Amazon. Do any of these words call out to you? Drive, ambition, doing, leading, creating. These words call many of us and sometimes to heroic impact. This is all good until we forget about our own self and our own self needs, mainly care. My Village of All Stars, they not only command position, but they command influence. Well, there's always a backstory. I myself, Chantra Powell, have had to put myself on the sideline a few times, but I'm still in the game. I'm staying in the game. The only thing different about me is that I'm proven not perfect. Enjoy. Hey, Proven Not Perfect. This is Chantra Powell. Boy, do I have a celebration for you this end of February 2024, Black History Month. Man, I saved the best for the end of the month. That's what I did. Because, um, you know, oftentimes when we think about Black History Month, we naturally go way back, right? Way back. And I think we overlook the very present trailblazers that are among us. And that's who I'm talking to today. Her name is Lauren Daniels. She is a sister mom, sister girlfriend of mine. I had the privilege of meeting her through a wonderful organization, Talk About Black History, that for 84 years has been serving Black families, communities, and our children and other children, Jack and Jill of America Incorporated. And through this process, meeting this new sister mom to me, um, I've unpacked this fierce, um, just solidly centered being named Lauren Daniels. So today, Lauren is going to share with us pretty openly her journey as a very highly educated woman who had goals and desires and dreams, as many of us do. And when the time came for her to make a decision on where her priority was, what her focus would be, she chose her family. And you might think that that's, man, that's just given up a lot when you've invested so much. We're supposed to do it all. Well, guess what? This lady unpacked a whole basket of goodness by choosing where she felt integrity and where she felt led. And now she is the co-owner of a family business and she's the owner of a family business and she's the mom of four and she's slaying. Join me in celebrating this woman of God, this trailblazing leader who puts her family first with high integrity, my sister mom, Lauren Daniels. Enjoy. Proven that. Hey, Lauren Daniels. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad to have this conversation with you. I'm glad too. I'm excited. Yes. Okay. So you're, look, this is the beautiful thing. We're going to talk about moms who like just do it all and integrate all of it together, business and life and ambition and all the things, right? With family. 
And uh, here you are walking around with your little Zoom screen. I'm sure <laughs> past little people and all the yes. things going on in the Daniels house. So, so on point and relevant, sis. So on point. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, that cartoon is way too loud. Let me turn it down. <laughs> well, Look, yes. Okay, Lauren, right. we have to lay the foundation. Okay, you, you're a mom of four. Four? Correct. Wow. Yes. All right. You're a mom of four and you actually decided to go a little bit different route. So tell me, tell me how, you know, being a mom, being a wife, how you decided to see your role, um, you know, in your home. What, what, what did, what were your choices like? So my choices started early on. So now I'm 40, (laughs) which I can't believe. 40 Uh, years young. 40 years young. And then I married when I was 20. So um, I married pretty young. And after about a year of marriage, we had my first son, Brock Jr. Um, So decisions came pretty quickly for us. Um, Trying to decide what I'm going to do after I have him. Was I going to go to work or was I going to um, send him off to daycare? You know, that was the, the question that we both had. And after looking at everything, we were like, well, I think the best decision is for you to stay home. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what I did. I did have a, I have a political science degree. So I know. Yeah. So the plan was to go to law school and, you know, become judge Judy. (laughs) That was (laughs) I loved her. I was like, I'm going to be judge Judy one day. (laughs) Uh, So that was the plan. And um, it changed pretty quickly after we had Brock, because I felt like, You know, since I had when I had him, I was like, you know, he's my responsibility. He's mine, you know, and so I wanted to be with him every step of the way. But Um, how did did you okay? So you have to answer this because there there are younger women who are started sorting out the timing of love in their life Mm -hmm. with their general desire and drive and ambition to do the thing that's on their heart. For you, it was Judge Judy. For somebody else, it's something else. How did you reconcile that at such an early age? Or did you, I mean, keeping it real, did you feel like, you know, I'm choosing the family path and that's more important. And if I have to just kill my dream of doing, you know, something independent, then, then it's just killed. I mean, did you, did you have the foresight, I guess, is what I'm wondering. I think it was easy for me to make that choice because my mom stayed home. Um, So she was home with us. She, my dad carried, you know, everything in the household. Um, So she was home with all of us. There's five of us. I have two brothers, two sisters. Um, I did want to do something different. So initially when I was young and I was a teenager, I was like, you know what? I don't want to have kids. I just want to, you know, have a career and not be like mom. You get what I'm saying? So that was the mental part of it, thinking that's what I wanted to do. Um, But after I had him and I did tour daycares, I did do that. And that's at the point where I was like, you know what, do I really want someone else raising my children? And that's what popped in my head. And I was like, what, what can I do? Um, And so there was pressure to, to choose the opposite. Even from my husband, he was like, well, shouldn't you work and make sure you help with, cause we were really young. So we, we really, you know, when you're young, you have no idea what you're doing. Like you're yeah. just making choices based on how you feel. Like, yes. like you know, yes. right? it's a moment. 
You I know, feel so love. I feel need. I right. feel want. Yes. It's all. Right. Some of it's us never move that. past that phase though, Lauren. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really hard to move past that phase, but eventually you do if you gain knowledge along the way and you understand what's important. Like you move past the feelings because you have to. Otherwise it corrupts good decisions. Like, you know what I mean? So just because I felt like I wanted to be something else at that point, I made a decision to be a mom, you know? So I had Brock, I was like, I have to take full responsibility of being, that's my job. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm going to do it to the best of my ability, no matter what I see around me, either if I see my friends, you know, going to law school or doing all these things that I felt like were wonderful. I said, I'll just put a pause on it. And I feel like I would be blessed doing that too. It was kind of like a whole process after thinking about it. I was like, you know what? If I just wait and do my duty based on what I chose, I think it'll come back, you know? Yes, it always does. And that's, that's the part of just going with what you know and believe is the right thing. That's the amazing thing when I watch how people's stories come together and their life unfolds, right? Um, so fast forward, then Brock was just number one. Then you kept going, right? <laughs> yeah. so, so as you know, it's yes. after having number one. <laughs> yes. So then number yes. two, three, and four. And mm-hmm. I guess the question that I have is at some point, you started to build a creative um, interest in doing things that were outside of the home and you did it inside the home. Is that correct? Yeah. So what happened was my husband started a civil engineering firm. Uh, He's been doing it now for almost 20 years. And I said to myself, I worked for him for five years and I, I did every, as a secretary, I did all the invoices, the taxes, you know, things like that. And I worked in his office. So it was almost like at home, you know, there's a head. And then when I was working for him, there's a head. And then at some point I was like, you know what? I think I need to step away (laughs) from all the headship. And I really wanted to do something for myself. So after I had Emmanuel, um, that's when my husband was like, hey, you know. Emmanuel, baby number three. Number three, he's now 12. Yeah. And um, he said, well, how about you put Emmanuel into school for three days a week? Because he wasn't ready to go to kindergarten. So my rule was I'll stay with them. They go to kindergarten. I'll work them through the process of getting through school, make it, you know, do all the field trips and, you know, all the things that moms do typically uh, when their kids are in school and not homeschooled. Um, and so when he went three days, he was like, well, you can work for me and, you know, do those things for a little bit. So I started doing that. At first I was hesitant, but I was like, okay, I'll do the three days because he wasn't really talking yet. So that was my thing. I'm like, they can't talk. They can't communicate with me. I don't know what's going on at school. They shouldn't be there. You know, that was my whole like philosophy. <laughs> um, so he only went a few days. So I was okay with that at that point. And I started working for my husband. And then I was like, I but I cooked a lot at home. So I was like always cooking. You know, so I scheduled our meals. I did, you know, like breakfast, lunches, you know, all those things. And I I used to watch Food Network like it was nothing. <laughs> like, it was like that was, uh, that was your nerve pill with, yes. with the kids in the house and the husband and the businesses. <laughs> yes, that was my nerve pill. And then I would read cookbooks and like do different recipes at home. And um, originally, I did not know what I was doing. I did not know how to cook at all. <laughs> like that wasn't something that I had naturally in me, you know. And so over time, I just became like more passionate about it. 
Mm-hmm. I even tried out for MasterChef. Did you really? <laughs> yes, I did. I did. I did. So I got to the point where I was like, I think I can do this. I think I can be like this self-taught chef and like do all these things from watching and, and seeing and reading all of these blogs and recipes and stuff. So I started, um, I did like this whole, I went to Miami and did this whole like interview. It was really cool. Wow. You really did this. Yes, I did this. Yeah. So then I was like, after a little bit of time for working for my husband, I said, you know what? I think I want to open a restaurant. Like that was my first job. And he was like, Lauren, I don't know if that's a good idea. (laughs) Now, Now, where was baby four in this mix? Savannah was not here yet. Not here yet. Okay. But you're, you're full on. I'm really enjoying cooking um, yeah. and I believe I'm good at it and I want to step out in it. So you right. try out for MasterChef. Do you yeah. get to the runner ups or anything or what was I that? Got, I got to like second interview. Wow. And I wasn't picked. That's pretty cool. But it was really cool. It was a cool process because I got to see what everyone else was doing, what it was like to be like behind the camera with a producer and be asked certain questions and even like learning more about myself and how I dealt with people. Cause being at home as, you know, as a mom, you don't, you're not around a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> you're just around like kids, you know? So it was very you're around to be people and they right. are nutty. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, you know, so I started learning a little bit by myself and, you know, and that sort of thing. What'd you that learn? Happened. What'd you learn? Tell me you show up, you've been a political science degree. So we know you're packing all of it. And right. you've made this choice to live your life this way, dedicated to your family. Yes. You participate in this process. I would imagine with people from all walks of life, all different experiences, yeah. you show up. How, what, what did you pull courage, your courage, where did it come from to say, I can do this? Because I actually think for a whole lot of women that would have made a choice like yours initially, that would have been a real, real milestone of a decision to make. I think for me, the courage came from just people trying my food, like me knowing that the food was really good. Like people were like, oh my God, you did this. This is so, you know, so good. And that confidence builds you up to the point where like, I want everyone to try my food, you know? Mm. So that's kind of where I was. But personality wise, I was still like an introvert. <laughs> so, so I think for for television, they want like excitement and like crazy personalities. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like super laid back and like chill. You are. So, yeah. And I think. For, Which is good. For, it's good. But for TV, that doesn't work. Yeah. OK, I get it. They, they like it's got to be chill. Everybody can't be over the top. Right, right, right. That's true, actually. I was like, why can't they pick me? But I think I was too quiet, too reserved. Okay. Um, And I didn't know enough at that point of how to navigate that kind of world. So um, I wasn't picked, which is okay. <laughs> so what, so when you left, not picked, and you learned a lot about yourself, did you say there's something that I want to do later on? Or did you, what, what'd you learn? Well, what I what I learned was is that maybe at that point I wasn't ready for, you know, television, like the big scene. So I needed more time, you know, and to hone my skill, to deal with people, you know, that sort of thing. So we um we used to attend this church here in Estero. And um I said, Well, honey, why don't I start like a small group? 
And maybe I can teach people how to cook and what I've learned over the years and, you know, that sort of thing. And that's kind of how the buzz of wanting to teach people how to cook started. Wow. Um, so I, I started a group. It was called Gobble Up the Bible. Wow. And so, yeah, so it's really cool. And um, all these kids signed up and I was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> So, um, okay. The theme, Lauren, is yet again, you're surrounded by little people. Girl, what kind of penance are you paying? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I knew I was good with kids. Like at that point, I'm like, you know what? I know I'm good with kids. I got three of them. So, I mean, it's so, you know, I'm an expert at that at least. And then food. So those were the two things I felt like I was really good at. I was good at being a mom and I was good at cooking. So I was like, I got to somehow combine those two together. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of how it, and then I, I'm a Christian. So that also played a role in like knowing how I could tie food, the kids and the Bible into all one thing, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and it really worked. Like it was a great, great session. We did like a few sessions after that and we would get maxed out like every time. Like it was wow. really cool. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. Gosh. So here you are. Were you were the lessons that you were sharing things that were practical that moms and kids could do together? Was it sort of with a family bend? Because that really screams of you really knowing your brand, your brand, your market. Yeah, it had a family bend. So everything tied into like Genesis. So I took like, for instance, the Tower of Babel, like the language change. And we were like, we're going to learn about other countries. So we did like different foods from everywhere, like Hong Kong and like, you know, like um, we did like Italy and like all the things that tie into how culture started, like from a biblical perspective. So it was pretty cool. And so I was able to tie that into food and um, the parents would come, they would cook with the kids, they would learn something new. They would get the recipes to take home and the Bible study to take home too. So, wow. Oh my yeah. God. Girl, that is such a great idea. Okay. So yeah. then this leads you to what next? That led me to opening Little Chefs in Training. So, after my husband saw, which he's always like my check, like he's always the person that says, Okay, Lauren, what did you just do? Does it make sense? Like, as far as like, you know, my vision and my dream, how it would actually play out into the real world. And he saw, he's like, Lauren, I think this is what you should be doing, like on like a real level. And so- um, Girl, the power of partnership. I talk about that all the time. And I want all of the, you know, young women that are older women, quite frankly, um, who are considering being yoked and who they're yoked with. Man, you cannot underestimate your choices because the right one will push you when you don't want to move. They will see what that's you can see. They will inspire what is just a spark. Wow. That's so good. So never settle people. Never settle. Never, never settle. That's very true. That's very so here's true, this man pouring into you, telling <laughs> yeah. you what he sees. Yes. And when he said that, I was like, okay, he was like, if you start here, maybe it'll eventually get to the restaurant. But I think he's like, I think if you do this, it'll work because we don't have anything like this in Fort Myers where we were living at the time. And so I just started doing my research, like how to start a business. What's the process of doing that? Trying to find a building or a space to do it in. 
um, like marketing and like a whole, like, you know, like how to create a, a logo, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like that whole thing. And so, cause the fact that I was home, I had time. Yeah. So it helped me to, that time helped me to figure out exactly, you know, what I needed to do to start a business. Sorry, I had a little bit of a cough, but, um, yeah, that time helped me figure out what I need to do to start a business. Mm-hmm. And so I sat down with my sister and she helped me create a logo. Um, I had the name, like what I wanted to do, but we had to actually figure out what it would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically how it started. Like me going to her house, like, what am I going to do? And then it like fast tracked into like having a logo, creating a website, what type of classes I want to teach. It just kind of like went so fast after that. I feel like that is the case when you are in your lane. You know yes. what I mean? I am, you know, on a spiritual level, as a Christian myself, I find the times when an idea comes um, gently, uh, sometimes loudly, sometimes, but when it is absolutely the lane that is ordered for me, it just comes. Every single aspect of what I need, it's not hard. It's not right. hard. Right. But girl, it, let me decide not. something that's really not what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> oh, it's like pulling teeth. It is. It's a push. It's that's so it's, it feel you feel the work, right? Yes. I think the difference for me is when it is really the lane for me. I can work until wee hours in the morning and it's it's life giving. Um. The other way around, girl, look. <laughs> struggle. It was a, no, that's very true. Um, yeah, I think when you're when you're on the right path, like where God wants you to be, the path is much easier. Yes. And it's very clear if you're choosing the wrong path. You know, sometimes we fight against it, of course, mm-hmm. until we realize mm-hmm. it. But then at some point when you're like sweating and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't think this is what he wants me to do. <laughs> You kind of just give up at that point. <laughs> but I have to ask you this because it just hit my mind. So when I think about you being jo- drawn to Judge Judy and drawn to law and a law degree and think about then what later would come up as the path, the blessed path for you. Can you see, looking back, any similarities between Little chefs as an idea um, that would spawn into even more that we'll talk about. But can you see any connections between the Judge Judy vision and maybe who you were becoming at that point? I think just the whole research aspect of it, loving to learn and gathering information is so natural for me. Like, and I learned that over the years, just with kids like learning about how the, how kids' bodies work and what they need when they're sick and what, you know, like all those things, just reading and learning what I should and should not do based on being a mom that played into the business aspect. So like, if someone asks me a question, I don't have the answer. I'll go easily be able to find the answer based on just doing research. And I love to read. So that was another thing that also helps because most people, when they start businesses, they typically go out and outsource like, oh, I need someone else open up a Sunbiz, go to Sunbiz and open up a business for me. But I did that all on my own because I was just able to find it. Like, you know, so 
I think that part of me with the with the law still plays in because as a lawyer, you got to do a lot of research. Yeah, a lot of reading, a lot of reading, got to have the right answers, you know, so and there's no mistakes when it comes to being a lawyer. Right. So. Oh, my God. Detail. So, okay, so now Little Chefs, Little Chefs is rocking and rolling, I believe. Yes. Little Chefs is rocking and rolling. And um, for about five years, we did that. And then COVID hit. Right. So we had the COVID issue where um, our kids stopped going to school for like a whole year. Mm-hmm. And everyone was concerned about their kids being in small groups um, or even being too close to each other, you know, that sort of thing. So um, we actually had to close Little Chefs for a little bit. Um, for about a year, I closed because my kids were out of school. Um, but before that, actually, um, like maybe a year into Little Chefs, that's when Savannah happened. <laughs> so my last little hoopla, she's four now. Oh, uh, Savannah Daniels. So she happened, and so while I'm doing classes, summer mm-hmm. camps, um, what is we used to do a lot of cooking competitions with like Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. I'm walking around fully pregnant, <laughs> <laughs> like doing this thing, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is actually happening. <laughs> So she was my actual surprise in the sense that Emmanuel and her are eight years apart. Wow. So yeah, so it's a huge gap. But um she's actually a blessing because the old the the older three are really close in age. So when you have kids that are close in age, they don't have any mercy for each other. Because <laughs> they're always <laughs> like competing or like, yes. you know, it's always some drama. But then when you have a little one that comes into the mix everyone's like so dedicated to making her feel happy. So they understand what it means to like actually have a child. Like, you know what I mean? Like how to love and how to give and how to take care when they're sick, you know, that sort of thing. So they've seen that. Oh, and you're such an amazing mom. That is so beautiful (laughs) to think about it that way. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. At first I thought it was going to be really difficult. I'm like, I have this business now. We have three older kids. How am I going to manage all of this? Because it was just like a monkey wrench. Because I thought, Okay, now all three of them in school. I have time during the day to do what I need to do, you know. But then she came. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have a baby. Like, for a whole year, I looked over and I'm like, I have a baby. (laughs) Like, what is happening? Girl, I understand that. (laughs) Yeah, but so far, I mean, I feel like it's helped my daughter, my son. They, They, she loves when they come in the house. It's like. She jumps on them. She hugs them. Like her and the her and the uh, younger Emmanuel, they fight all the time. It's crazy because <laughs> <laughs> he used to be the baby. So yes. it's like it's always competing. But the older two, they totally get what it's like to be a mom or dad. You know that yes. sort of thing. Oh I yeah. Love <clears throat> all right. So, so yeah, COVID, COVID happens. COVID, COVID happens. happens. I closed Little Chefs because um, we were all concerned about what you was never going thought on about doing a Zoom version because a lot of people you know, immediately went to what, what's a virtual option. You never thought about doing anything like that. I did maybe like two zoom versions of what we used to do. I did like bakery boxes where the parents would come up and pick up the bakery boxes with the items in it, with the recipe, but it sort of just kept fizzling on me. I wasn't getting enough response because everyone was in flight mode. Like no one knew what they were going to be doing. Yeah. So um, at that point, I was like, what can I do? 
Mm. And we have this space. I'm like, we have this beautiful kitchen. Like, I was like, I can just do takeout. Like, mm. I was like, I can just do takeout. They're only allowing restaurants wow. to do takeout right now. So um, I create a little menu. I signed up for all the door, like DoorDash and Uber Eats. And I even did, I was even a ghost kitchen. Where like, what? yeah, so, so crazy. I used okay, to that was like such a crazy concept in 2020 that I never heard of before. <clears throat> but seriously, on DoorDash, you know, my son was just like, oh, yeah, I think this is from a ghost kitchen. What the heck is a ghost kitchen? Tell so, the people what a ghost kitchen is. I'm going to tell y'all. I'm going to tell y'all. So, like, there was three brands that we did. The first one was Tiger Bites, which was like, is he's a rapper, which he's like a millennial rapper. I don't even know what he <laughs> rapped about. <laughs> but I picked up this brand and what they do is I can't remember the name of the co- company, but they have like a few brands on their website. You could pick from the brand. If you have a kitchen license, you can cook all the brands. Right. So uh, I did Tiger Bites, Mr. Beast Burgers and then Mariah Carey's Cookies. That? Yes. Yes. And so during COVID, everyone was on lockdown. They couldn't go anywhere, but, or, you know, you could only really order takeout. Yeah. And um, and so the most popular one was Mr. Beast Burgers. Mm-hmm. And so we used to get like 60 orders a day. Oh, like, my God. Nonstop. It was crazy. And I'm like, people really love burgers or is this like a COVID thing? <laughs> like, what is <laughs> happening? Uh, so I was in there slinging burgers for like a whole year. Wow. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, did they give you the recipe? Did you have to follow their recipe? So so they just gave us the components, like the boxes that you needed, um, what to buy, like a whole guideline of what to do and what Mr. Beast Burgers concept, what it should look like. You know, Mm -hmm. you're just replicating someone else's brand. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then DoorDash would come in, they would pick up the order and deliver it to someone. Mm-hmm. With all the packaging, all of the labels. Wow. Or Mariah Carey's cookies was like, we would bake the cookies. It would be her her brand. And we would mm-hmm. just ship it out to whoever ordered that day. You know, wow. so it's kind of cool. So that's what sparked in my mind. I'm like, oh, my God, if, if they could do this, I could do this. That's like, right I'm, I'm going to create my own brand. Like, you know, <laughs> so I started coming up like a little... Um, like a little takeout menu, Southern takeout menu, because we have like no Southern food in Fort Myers. Mm. That's Which is really crazy. Yes. Because, you know, there is a population of African-American there for sure. But I guess maybe the thing that I all often miss, miss is that there it, it is more of an island heritage than it is a deep South um, Southern U.S. heritage. Right. Yeah. People keep reminding me of that. Like, I think immediately, oh, but, you know, it's Fort Myers. Right. But it, it's it's a very different origin than me, perhaps, you know, being from New Orleans. That's very true. And then the deep south part of it is more um, weirdly like you have more Caucasians that are deep south representing in Fort Myers than you do African-American deep south. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, now yeah, that so I, now that now that I I'm starting to understand the topography more, I get that. Before I mean, before moving here, I that completely flew over my head. 
Yeah. And when we moved from Fort Lauderdale, that was confusing to me too. When we moved here, I was like, where, where is the culture at? Like, where do we go to even eat Southern food or to go to cultural events? Like, where is that? And it wasn't here that we could find anyway, you know, now it's gotten a lot better, but, um, but yeah, like a lot of my customer base are, you know, they're Caucasian Southerners. Like that's who comes in the restaurant, wow. you know? So it's, it's very different in Fort Myers. It's a different, um, different, um, you know, it's a different heritage. Cause heritage. I'm sure to a lot of the, um, African, the black Americans <clears throat> that are there, with an island heritage, they're looking for the Jamaican or the, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. It's different. It's just different. Wow. It's very different. Yeah. So that when we were closed down for COVID, like we just made a major pivot. Um, it allowed us time to, to like redo the whole restaurant. Like the front space represented, had murals on the walls of like cooking classes and kids and, yeah. food like we had someone come in and do this big mural and paint this mural and we covered it all up and I was so sad we cover all of it up with wallpaper I'm like I'm not painting it over it I was gonna put wallpaper up you know so um but we did wallpaper and we have like in the restaurant all of these beautiful black and white photos of of different jazz singers the great uh, over- yeah, over eras of time, like the 1930s and 60s. I think Billie Holiday's on the wall. Yes, Diana Ross. We have Louis Armstrong, uh, Cab Calloway, Sarah Vaughn. So we totally did a pivot. We changed the name. Um, I I wrote out some names that Southern? came from Southern Charm Bistro. Yeah, so we just I just kind of took that time to do my research about what was in the area what we needed in Fort Myers. And that's kind of how it happened. Like just writing down those ideas and doing my research. So, mm-hmm. um, and my husband is my, I want to call him my bank, but my financier. <laughs> but <laughs> so, everybody needs one, right? Yeah. You, you've got it. Yeah. And I'm sure you had to justify the dollars because, you right. know, being a businessman, being a business person, a business family, you know, right. that's there was an opportunity cost, right? So any money right. that he's investing in Southern Charm are not being invested in the civil engineering firm or any right. other investments that you could have done. So how did you how did you guys come to agreement that this was ready to go? Like, did you lit- legit pitch and? Well, I think because he okay, so like you said, he's my partner. So any step of the way, like we make decisions, whether they're smooth decisions or whether we're arguing about it, like we make decisions together. Um, so, um, we, he was there when I was doing Mr. Beast and, um, he was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe we just made like $6,000 today. Like, you know, Sandy's like, and then of that 6,000, we would have to give 30% of that to the brand, like back to Mr. Beast, you know, in a sense. So, He's like, we should be able to keep all of that. You know, in his mind, he's thinking, you know. So he was like, if you do come up with your own brand, if you do something, let's just make sure we're making that kind of money. Like, that's how he's thinking. So as we sat down and we looked at the numbers, what it would look like to change the lighting and the painting and do the wallpaper. Um, we always, with having a family for you, always have to have a cushion. So we did have a cushion. And we said, well, we can we can just do the minimum as far as decorating in the front. The kitchen was already done. We had already spent the major money of doing the space in the back. 
So it was just more about like the marketing of our space and then the decor. Mm. Um, and then getting a beer and wine license, which we do have, that wasn't a, a major cost. It's just a process, you know? So, um, we did that and, um, I was nervous, of course, um, to open and just, I'm always nervous to do like a big grand opening. So like, I just paced myself and I didn't do like a full announcement to maybe like two months after, Mm -hmm. um, I introduced the menu. People would start finding us based on our Google page mm-hmm. and our website. And they just started coming in and slowly people started ordering. And I started seeing what people wouldn't order and what they would would order, what they liked, what they didn't like. And I would just adjust the menu based on that, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So I just gave myself some space because being being new, I was really unsure. Yeah. I wasn't sure to expect, you know. So But you um, also you also leaned into the privilege of a financier, quite frankly, right? Because somebody else, you know, who's put all the money in and there's no more money coming, they're thinking about how do I quickly get to revenue, right? Um, Right. You had the ability to be a bit more organic, which I think was a a competitive advantage, quite frankly, because you could adjust around what what the market was telling you. That's really neat. So how many iterations did you actually see before you were like, this is it, this is grand, people are coming back and you start to see the build of traffic coming through the door? Um, I would say about four iterations and then the feedback too. So like what started happening was people, which I didn't expect, but people started doing like all the Google reviews and they're all like, just the praise of the food and the space and what it looked like. And I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> like people actually like my food, <laughs> you know? So that made me feel great and more confident as we kept going. And then feedback from my husband. So he would try my food or the kids would try it. Now they're older. They would say, mommy, this is wonderful. This People would love this, you know, and just my family and stuff. So it was very helpful. Um because carrying the burden of someone saying they don't like your food is very hard to get through. <laughs> you know, so they don't like you your anything if you're in business, right? Like that's right. A, you take it personal, rightly right. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think the fact that I took it personal helped me to see helped me to make things better that weren't good, you know. And and I think that's kind of how um the menu over time just now it's stuck. Like people love my biscuits. Mm, um, yes, they are so good. Yeah. So that that and that if was you are coming to Fort Myers. <laughs> if you are near Southwest Florida, I'm not playing. Seriously. First of all, there's something on the menu that you will probably love. But yes. those biscuits, oh my gosh. I'm pretty <laughs> sure like with one, you know, you not only have a pleasure experience, but you do gain a little weight. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. Yep. And what I do too is like, I make um, the jams in house. So I do like a raspberry jam or a blueberry or whatever seasonal fruit there is. So I could do a peach jam. Like we've been doing mango jam. So like I try and integrate things into the menu that are very fresh, Mm. uh, not too heavy, where you can actually eat it for lunch. You like, you know what I'm saying? Um, And then people call for the biscuits. They take them home. They could take them home frozen or baked, you know? So just anything that I do, the menu's not big. mm -hmm. And that's because I want to do everything that's on there. I try, I do it well. Like, you know what I mean? I try not to overwhelm myself. 
Um, but yeah, I think after people started coming in, I was like, okay, now it's time to do a soft opening. Let's just do it. Like, you know, and everything just sort of fell into place at that point. So now it's been a full year and a few months of Southern Charm. Wow. And our, we have a lot of things that we're going to do that we're looking forward to, like two, two new, two new projects, um, that we're super excited about. Um, we're, we're thinking about two locations, which is kind of like within a year and a half, maybe have two, two locations that are more visible, you know, so people can see us more and that sort of thing. And then, um, a biscuit product that we're trying to market to grocery stores. So excellent. Yeah. So you yeah. know that's where I was going next because yes. I was really curious. Um, coming out of this, you probably now are thinking about okay, I can start to scale this, right? Yes. And you can scale it a couple of ways. You've got two great things going on. The experience is just wonderful. Like you yes. really do feel like you're in a southern hospitable, intimate setting. Um, so I'm I'm hopeful I'm putting a plug in as a consumer that that Southern charm has to maintain that Southern charm, right? So the spaces have yeah. got to speak in that way. But then also with the biscuits being like such a hot, hot product, man, how do you start to package that and get it on the shelves and you know, all the big ones. And that really is going to change the game, could potentially change the game, pull through for your product. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yes. And that and that's actually the plan. Like, I feel like now that we've done this a full year, I, I said, what is it that's coming through to our customers that I could pivot and actually make more money that's hands off, like that I don't have to do too much to gather money. And my husband said, you know, Every review we look at, like our rating on Google right now is 4.9. Wow. So in every review, that someone mentions our biscuits. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, I think this is it. You know, yes. I, I think there's a message. <laughs> yeah, there's a message. And so recently I actually got the nutrition facts back from a science lab to have to because you need nutrition facts and packaging that makes sense in a freezer section. So um, nutrition facts are back. I got packaging already done as far as the design. And today I actually was in conversation about what that packaging, the company that actually prints the packaging and the process on that. So I'm not far away. I'm running with it. I'm like, I'm just going to run till it's, till it's done, you know? So, yes. yeah. So it's not going to be hard. It's just like we talked about when you're in the lane, it just pulls you. It just pulls yes. you. You know, I kind of feel the same about, you know, recommitting and growing, proving not perfect, right? You get to a space where you start to get pulled into divergent competing priorities. And then it those just don't produce goodness. And then when you start to go back to what you were told and shown you need to do, it all starts to, even those things start to, you know, feel better. That's true. I mean, initially we were open from 11 to three. Um, The hours for some of our customers were a little strange, but I was like, you know, I have a family. I have to leave the restaurant at three o'clock to pick up my children. I'm like, there's no other way this is going down. Like, you know what I'm saying? So um, I try and keep, even though we're busy and people want things as far as catering and 
that sort of thing. I, I have to say no sometimes because I have to put my family first. I'm like, you know, I love what I do when I when I'm in the kitchen. But then outside of that, I'm still a mom and I'm still a wife. I have to cook and clean like everybody else does, you know. So, yes. But you that's know. the beauty. And that's quite frankly why mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, Lauren, we've got to talk in the Proven Not Perfect community room because most of this community is driven women who have a passion and love for a thing alongside a passion and love for their family alongside deep faith, right? And expectation for many things. And the challenge for many people is weaving in together that passion for the thing and the passion for family. And I was so inspired by watching you and learning more about your story where you've literally woven these things together. (laughs) And man, to create the boundary that says, I'm not going to allow fear to tell me that I have to strike with how customers want this business today, right? No, your boundary is your commitment to being in the home and getting all the things done. And business just weaves into that. Um, and it's happening and you're still growing, right? Like you're yeah. not changing that boundary. I think that's beautiful. How, how do you see it that way? Or is this just by accident that this is happening? Are you trying this? Well, I see it that way. I think because like the prayer is to always make sure that I'm honoring God. Right. So I think he helps me to, to leave that process. Cause I feel like. You know, I know people are going to make mistakes, right? But if I can, like, try my best to not make mistakes that are detrimental to our family or even to the business um, by asking for help, you know, as far as, like, praying and, and asking the Lord to help me see what am I supposed to be doing, whatever I do, help it honor him, right? Because that's our goal in life. If we are Christians, like, we're supposed to honor him in everything that we do. And so even though like at one point my husband was like, we should move the time to seven o'clock. People are wanting to be open longer. I was like, honey, I can't do that. I'm like, how can I do that if I got to be home with Savannah's only four? She's not a teenager. You know, if she's in school, she's done at three. She needs to see me. I'm like, I can't be at the restaurant till seven o'clock. It's impossible. You know, so I, you know, there's challenges, right? So there's always someone saying, oh, you should be doing this and you should be out letting people know who you are. And I'm like, you know, to me, I don't feel like it's necessary. Not yet. (laughs) But I'm like, you know, I said, what I do, like my product is what people need to see. Not me yet until the kids get older and they're, I know they're okay. Then maybe I'll have more time for that. But right now I just don't think it's the time. Girl, I'm going to tell you this right here has just blessed so many people because that's the thing. We get impatient. Yes. We get impatient. We get this vision and we want to go. And we believe that if we don't go at that pace, we're going to miss out. We're going to lose. It's going to close up. That window is going to close. I even hear people say that, right? Even right. You know, some Christian leaders say that, it, you know, when it comes to you, you got to do it now or else, you know, somebody, it, somebody else will be inspired and it'll be done. But I actually rest very similar to where you are. 
if it's yours, it's yours, right? And even if you are the 9,999th person to do it, you've never done it. Right. It's never been your touch, your unique touch, your voice, your placement. And so now it's just a matter of how do we stay still and patient and let it come in the process and the time that it should. Girl, that's a whole, whole (laughs) lot of word. But I think having like any mom or wife, if you have a lot going on at night, you really need to take time to pray. Like that's the one thing that'll help you see things clearly better. Like you're going to have different opinions. Of course, you're going to ask like your, your family, people that are close to you, what's a good direction to take. But then you have to take all that information in and then pray about it. Say, Hey Lord, like what should I do? Like, what is the next step? What will make things easier for us, you know, and better? And I think going to him with all the information you have from other people helps you to guide you where you need to go. Like that's, I think that's important. I'm doing a lot of sitting still too, because, you know, I used to approach that prayer time from a place of like, here's my list and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And what I have come to really appreciate in the season that I'm in is when I go and sort of sit in that space of prayer with no list, but just just stillness and welcoming um, and obedience, I feel that I really get poured into and the conversation starts to happen with my soul. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The list is important too. We all have specific things that we're praying for, but I feel like, you know, there's, there's sort of two times of day, right? There's that time where I've got that list and there's that time where I'm just sitting and I'm receiving with no noise, with no, just, just listening and receiving, you know? Right. Right. And I think that's important. Because otherwise, um, how do you receive his peace? Like if you're not sitting, right? If you're not receiving, because that's important. Otherwise, you can't get through the day or the next thing. So that's really important. Well, Miss Lauren, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I am sure that the folks in the community have really been blessed by your words. Even the way you speak, you just, the harmonious confidence and courage, just peacefulness, girl, it just radiates from you. Um, And you've got four babies and a husband and multiple businesses that are in demand and growing. So that is your gift. That is your gift. And thank you for sharing that peaceful space with all of us. Um, We can do it, right? No matter what it is we're trying to do, it can be done. It just takes that faith and conviction and being still and making sure that you're thinking longer than just the short-term goal. You're thinking journey. And that's what I think you do so well. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Awesome. So good to have you. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.